0: Oh, you throw it, you're throwing it to me. Oh, oh, it's like a fastball Ex- except in, in no way is it actually like that even even metaphorically other other than it's in my direction. Yeah, this is not the interview. this is not the the way we're going to open the podcast. Can you can you hit the space bar? Welcome back, boys and girls. I hope you had a wonderful Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, and followed up with a lovely Dia de los Muertos for November 1st and 2nd, a feast of all souls and feast of all saints. We had uh, a great uh, Halloween weekend, and that's part of why we're bringing you a special, uh, two specials, in fact. We had our first ever live kind of epic show, uh, which will be coming to you very soon, if it hasn't made it to your way already. Um, we hung out with the, uh, the guys who were behind Dark Side, Hell Walks the earth two and because that has a two in it that implies there was a dark side one uh or in this case a hell walks the earth one so that's what we uh we showed back to back and uh, we interviewed the cast and crew and generally had a fun time i got turned into a zombie um i haven't really gotten over my hankering for brains yet but that's an indiana thing it's less to do with being zombified our friend, uh, our kind of friend, Eric, won an Emmy eating brains, but that's a different story. <laughs> anyway, um, we have a, a special presentation tonight as well, um, being the season finale of Face Off on the Sci-Fi Channel. This is kind of our, our Sci-Fi Apology episode. I don't know if we're apologizing to the Sci-Fi Channel for having made fun of it so many times during our podcast, or if we're apologizing to nerds for the Sci-Fi Channel's continued existence. However, <laughs> that may, that may, that being said, we do like Face Off. It's a fun show and it, it celebrates visual effects and the uh, visual effects uh, and creature makeup artists that are out there who do amazing work and really deserve being showcased and so we're happy that that is out there and we were very happy that three of the past competitors were willing to give us their time at this year's Horror Hound Indianapolis 2013 um, that was back in uh, early September here and uh, and we figured this would be in keeping with the uh, Halloween season which has just ended and with the uh, end the End of this season five, um, and I'm going to start off with, uh, well, really the best person to start off is with the uh, the winner. We're going to start off with Jay Anthony Kosar, last year's winner. Kind of find out where, what has happened to him since uh, the beginning of are winning uh the show um we actually had kind of bumped into him at c2e2 this year as well but didn't get a chance to talk so hey he was kind enough to to follow up with us here and uh who knows maybe you'll be seeing some uh some creature effects from some kind of epic production someday soon but that would require you giving us money eventually when we ask for it so please do that (laughs) without further ado david is going to hit the space bar and you're going to listen to uh, the winner of season four of face off j anthony kosar from kosar FX.
1: So, uh, my name is J. Anthony Kozar. I'm season four winner of Face Off. And, uh, you know, I do a little bit of everything fine art illustration, sculpture, and effects. My studio is in Westmont, Illinois. And from there, I teach, I do my work as well as teach classes on the weekends, um, all kinds of effects. uh Um, And uh, I also have a gallery there where we hold some pretty big art exhibitions. Our biggest one is the Maleficium Dark Art Exhibition which is an annual show that brings in artists from all over the country as well as some international artists. It's all horror and and Halloween themed art so every piece is like a nightmare. Um, It's a lot of fun and uh, you know, just just have a ball and been traveling the country doing a lot of different projects, uh, working with Joshua Hoffine, um, famous horror photographer Probably the most famous one. And um, well, there's a bunch of different commercials, did some stuff for Music Choice, MTV, Wendy's. Um, got a couple more coming up, and a couple bigger projects coming up oh, beyond that. Oh.
2: To get the and then you might
0: the to, to yeah. I mean, I just say, say English, England, kind of
3: yeah. and Robin oh, no, Hood. Cool. Come on down to the photo.
0: Then on Twitter or on Facebook.
1: So. I'm J. Anthony Kosar, and you're listening to Kind of a Big Show.
0: Oh, Kind of Epic Show. Kind of Epic, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. You, Tom O'Pennickett, and a bunch of other people who, who, have, who we've interviewed have said the same thing. Um, yes. <laughs> Actually, one person I think said, Kind of
3: Panda Show? Kind
0: of Panda Show. <laughs>
1: My name's J. Anthony Kosar, and you're listening to Kind of Epic Show.
0: Thank you so much. We are here at Horror Hound, Indianapolis, 2013, uh, with Jay Anthony Kosar. He is the winner of Season 4? Season 4? season four of face off best on the sci-fi ever. channel i would agree i like it <laughs> it's the best season ever and uh we are here at uh, his booth um so this is kosar effects and uh, i'm just gonna to throw it to the the man himself to talk a, a little bit about uh, some of the creations that he's got here in front of us
1: so, yeah, we got a few different things. Got some of my uh, fine art uh, prints from paintings that I've done. But uh, m- being a mask show, of course, we got a lot of masks. Some commercial things I've done for Zagoni Studios, a uh, great company out from Chicago. And i uh, got a few of my, um, my custom collector masks here, uh, as well as uh, my showstopper, Boris Frankenswine, the life-size creation monster pig. So... It's
0: like spider pig, but more monstrous, I like it. <laughs> so um, can tell me about the one that I actually picked up, because I got something here for, for my own Halloween uh, enjoyment. I have uh, Squiddles, where, where did that guy come from?
1: Uh, Squiddles is a, uh, a half mask, um, kind of meant to be a, um, a mask that's comfortable to wear, can eat, drink at parties, talk, whatever, pull it up if you get a little hot, but uh, the cool thing about it is you, your face kind of becomes part of his face, and you know, it just came out of a out of a sketch. And you know, I kind of like things with like alien type sea creatures with tentacles, and you know, kind of Cthulhu esque, but not Cthulhu. So, uh, so that's where he came from.
0: So can you tell me just for for people generally who, who have been fans of the show? Um, it, there's been a little bit of time, uh, obviously, uh, since the end of the season that's now passed. Um, I mean, how does, how does it change your, your life or change the, the kind of the, the career tra- trajectory after, after being a part of the show, let alone having been a winner <laughs> of the show as well?
1: You know, it, it, uh, I think it put my career about 10 years into the future, man. Uh, just been having a blast traveling all over the country, doing projects, trade shows, uh, networking with different companies, artists, makeup artists, um, different shops, and uh, meeting a bunch of fans. So. Um, it's just been great. Business has been booming. Uh, projects. I also teach classes out of my studio in Westmont, Illinois, where, um, where we have everything from mask making to makeup effects, uh, prosthetics, dental making, life casting, everything.
0: Uh, Cozartatelier.com. And um, yeah, it's just been great. Do you have any film projects or anything where we can see some of your creations either on, on film or TV uh, in the near future?
1: Yeah, there will be some stuff coming up. Uh, a lot of the projects have been taken since the show. I've been trying to take more short-term projects. This way I can be at shows like this. Um, and so I've, a lot of commercials have been that, that have come out as well as uh, some photography projects, working with some famous photographers. Uh, but i got a couple of bigger projects in the works down the line. Can't
0: talk about those yet, but uh, keep your eye out. No no one listens. You can talk. It's not going to be revealed to anyone of importance. Just one of our two listeners, maybe.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> the galaxy far, far away, um, there are ones,
0: who knows, you'll have to find out later. <laughs> <laughs> we, will, we will do. We will find out later. But no, um, essentially... Uh, what is it like to, to again? You're talking about the importance of, of these shows and, and what it means to, to you to, to even take time out of your schedule to make sure that you're able to participate. Um, what uh, can you talk a little bit about? Kind of Mass Fest as the and kind of the environment that we're in here and, and uh, why you chose to come to, to HorrorHound?
1: Hound. Um, you know, Mass Fest has been a show I've been wanting to come to for years. Just never worked out uh, with you know timing wise. Um, but, uh, you know, being only a few hours from where I'm from um, and being a show that about something that I love and enjoy and grew up, you know, staring at the masks all, all my life, um, you know, it's just a cool thing, cool environment to be here with, with some of the best mask makers in the industry, some of the biggest mask companies, and, uh, you know, the cool thing about this show and, you know, any kind of show that's kind of geared for, you know, a specific niche that, you know, I create, and um, I'm always anxious to go home and start sculpting, so... Definitely inspired by
0: just walking these floor and can't wait. (laughs) Have you had a favorite cosplayer or a favorite uh, kind of costumer come up?
1: Uh, My favorite costumer that came by, it was a a group um, from Little Shop of Horrors this weekend. Uh, One guy was Seymour, one was Audrey. Um, The Seymour was holding a puppet of the Audrey too, (laughs) And then you also had um, uh, The Dentist. So, you know, that's that's that one you see too often. So, and, and that's one of my favorite movies, so.
0: How, how important, I mean, because obviously we're at a horror convention, how important is um, just the horror genre, like what horror movies as a kid made you think, like, I really think I could do that. I want to be a visual effects guy. I want to make sure that I can, can do those appliances or, or be a part of that, that whole that whole industry.
1: Yeah, mine were uh, h- horror and sci-fi, so um, Aliens, Predator. Um, I lo- monster Squad's my all-time favorite <laughs> monster movie um, just because it's so much fun, I grew up on that one. Um, but uh, you know the classics of course um, and actually most of my favorite movies are you know the ones you don't necessarily see the monster and so I like the omen I like, I like that kind of thing where it leaves a lot up to your imagination.
0: Wolfnards is actually following us on Twitter so so there as a, as a monster squad fan you can be happy so you talk to somebody who who has a Twitter follower of one of the the, the fun people yes. <laughs> Wolfnards hello <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably how we'll, we'll name the episode but uh, but yeah. Ah, Wolf Narts. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, yes, that was lovely. We we don't often get to mention our Twitter followers, and so I will do that very briefly. Um, thank you, Wolf Narts, for having followed us way back in the day after our first horror convention that we uh, covered. And uh, I want to thank, uh, because I've promised essentially a perpetual shout-out since we've become, we've got into a kind of cycle of shout outs with uh, the folk good folks at nerd I wanted to say thank you to them as well for uh, for their kind mentions of us say uh, they say that they uh, they love the show we love those guys back so yeah it's it's mutual now now they're obliged to call us out on their next episode and the cycle will never end until hopefully it boosts all of our uh, of our listeners and it's it's the cycle of SEO really search engine optimization oh yeah but um, we also had a, another fun Twitter experience, which uh, will be less fresh if I wait till our next episode, since our next one is going to be our, our live show that we're posting uh, next week. Um, but we wanted to um, to say a shout out to a couple of people who have followed us this week. So we have Tilt Studio Indie uh, where we hosted our live show. They kindly followed us. Sarah Ashley from uh, Nerds on Film uh, who uh, was very kind to follow us. Masato Jones. Uh, Draw the movie. It's a movie about some comic artists. That seems interesting. And the Stuff Like That podcast. So those are our followers this week on the Twitter machine. And we are very thankful for, for their kind interactions with us. But we are most thankful. Um, we Knighted Sir Lavar Burton, a knight of epic show, and uh, on a whim, really, at the end of our podcast, and little did we expect that it would explode the internet. It would, in fact, uh, allow us a gift of one shrubbery from uh, from several of our of our new list, newly acquired listeners, because uh, it turns out that. Uh, that uh, these guys uh, were big fans. Oh, actually, I was wrong. We had more Twitter followers this week. I'm, I'm, I, our producer slash co-host slash dictator David has just uh, informed me that we had one, two, three, four, five more followers that we, we got this week as well. We had Harley Poe, they're a local horror band. We met them at uh, Horror Hound, actually, which is appropriate for this episode. Uh, Tana Talks, I believe she's another uh, of our Canadian listeners. And Habit Media, which is an awesome uh, Inuit owned uh, or I should say uh, um, uh, kind of aboriginal owned uh, uh, media company that does all sorts of really cool stuff, works to preserve um, Yupik, Inuit and uh, kind of all sorts of uh, legends from the top of the world and has some really cool comic creators like Ramon Perez. So we're very honored that they followed us. Also uh, Nick Borelli is another podcaster and Eddie Inman who I know absolutely nothing about which is really ideal in a new listener. I don't know you as a person so yay! <laughs> you know that we exist and we don't know that you exist you're like an ideal fan so yeah we're really happy about that and thank you guys for for these shout outs there are more oh wait now he's saying oh he doesn't really have like a description i'm beginning to think maybe we do know him but we don't know him because he doesn't tell us who he is it's sad but he's probably listening and we'll think that this whole thing talking about him is weird (laughs) but no 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 we do have more of an episode um we, we have uh, a couple of uh, more face-off guests here, we have two more. Um, our next one is also from Season 4. Uh, her name is Autumn Cook. Uh, we talk about her latest projects since leaving the show. Um, that includes um, the Profane exhibit, uh, which is Uh, And she has a segment in that. It's kind of a horror anthology. And um, she does the makeup effects there, uh, as well as uh, some other feature films that she's working on. We also talk about Pittsburgh. I can't do a Pittsburgh accent. I actually don't even know what a Pittsburgh accent sounds like. Um, But we talk about why is it a horror mecca? Because we were willing to divert three hours uh, from New York just so that we could walk through the Monroeville Mall. We like zombies. We do. Uh, But, yes, uh, we like zombies. You will like this interview. That's kind of how it works. And he's pressing the space bar now. Maybe. Hi, uh, this is Gabe again. We're here with Kind of Epic Show at Horror Hound 2013. And um, we are at the uh, booth of, actually, I will let you introduce yourself. I think you are probably a better expert on yourself than I am. So (laughs) who who are we with?
3: I'm Autumn Cook, special effects makeup artist from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, Also worked on Face Off and uh, some independent horror films. and we're at the booth, trying to do a little bit promotion and uh, make a little bit of connections here at Mask Fest. Having lots of fun today. So, who who is
0: this very unfortunate lady that we have behind me in the the poster here? What is this project uh, this, that you're working this
3: is on? The poster for the Profane exhibit. Um, this is a film that's been an anthology um, film that's been in the works for. Um, Ooh, about a, at least a year and a half now. It um, has 13 different directors from all over the world. Um, Sergio Stavalletti from England, uh, Nacho Vigilando, Ubo, uh, um, oh, so many. I can't even think of them all. But Mike, Michael Todd Schneider um, from August Underground Immortem. Um, I will be doing the special effects on his segment. Um, I do soul effects on Manna. Um, and it's about um, a cult of women who maim and sacrifice and cannibalize their victims for power.
0: I feel like that's left out of most RPGs really. Like uh, <laughs> that seems like a, a probably more legitimate if, if you're if you're being honest, really, where so I was going to say, um, uh, can, can you tell us a little bit about this uh, this mask that I have in front of me here? This is the, uh, the face-off application makeup that, that you did. So what is what is the this creature's name? And kind of if you can uh, describe it, since we're not a visual medium, kind of describe this and the process behind it to, to our audience. You
3: know, I always wanted to be a lizard creature. I'm not sure if I'm reptilian or not. I'm, I will not know if I would tell you if I was. But... Um, I, I a lot of enemy mind V influences as a little kid. And, and something I sculpted in art school, I wanted to be a lizard creature. Um, probably back when I was 18, I made this sculpt. And then um, a lot of friends were coming up to me being like, you need to try, off, try out for face-off. And I'm like, well, what molds do I have? Well, let me, you know, cast this one, uh, this really cool one. And um, so we cast in silicone, and I applied it. And this was my uh, face-off application makeup. And uh, they called me the next day after my video so they must have liked it but it's a three-piece silicone lizard
0: very (laughs) cool so I mean can you explain um, kind of what is that process like so how what what do you need to to do in terms of of an application Um, do you is it um, just photos I mean did you did you send like a mole I mean how how
3: does it work Um, well we had to have um, so many minutes of us applying a makeup they wanted the video between like six and eight minutes long I believe um telling a little bit about ourselves so they could see our personality and then you know they wanted to see our makeup application you know and um you know how fast we were you know what we could do quickly in a couple minutes on camera applying to ourselves and um so I had a buddy film it for me and um you know we did a little interview and mailed it in and um, they seemed very impressed with the interview um it hasn't the actual face off ap- application video has not been made public um, you know but the, the, the trial out in LA, I think that one's public and that was like a quick what can I do in 20 minutes makeup out of my kit? Um, but I, I think like I might have got a little better perception if they saw the actual one I tried out for.
0: <laughs> so how, how um, I, do you have a favorite project or, or a favorite uh, segment of, of, in terms of, of what you made uh, on the show?
3: Not so much. I, I like the bug challenge; was a lot of fun because I like bugs. But uh, you know, I wish they would have just showed more of it. Like I made the big beetle shell and stuff, and they never show it. And kind of bugged about that.
0: <laughs> that was a pun, ladies and gentlemen. Yes.
3: <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's just I, I wish I got to work with more people. I would have liked to work with Eric Fox. Um, I never got a chance to. I know we really wanted to work with each other, so um, you know that would have been a lot more fun. Um, but working with Anthony is great. Um, we did get along when we worked together quite well. Um, and we had a ton of fun. Um, so, so that was, any challenge I was with him, and I didn't have worries that I was taking on too many responsibilities. Every other challenge I was in, I felt like I had so much responsibility that I was overloaded. And I was misperceived saying I was on vacation, was it's just like, it's nice to be partnered with somebody else, at least he knew what he was doing. And, you know, he could be trusted to paint while I made all the molds, you know. I didn't have to watch over his shoulder or see, feel like I had to watch and see what he was doing. So anytime time was with Anthony, it was just like, you know, it's just peaceful. We know we're going to get the job done, you know, and, and, you know, we're real cool with each other, you know, in humble ways. And, we got the work
0: out. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, because um, uh, we're here at Horror Hound, of course, um, how important uh, as somebody who does visual effects makeup is it to, to have something like Mask Fest or to, to have a celebration of, uh, of what you do? And how different is, uh, for instance, like visual effect makeup um, as opposed to, to kind of like the commercial stuff in terms of going around and making a mask that gets sold?
3: masks are a different thing Like um, most of what I do um, that I'm happy with are actually visual effects for films, doing horror um, practical effects um, you know, blood gags that type of thing, trick in the eye you know, um, where a mask is a stationary rubber object, and it's actually a lot less thrilling, I think, the mask to me, but Mask Fest is great because you get to see everybody's techniques and styles and their painting and coloring and um, you know different uh, uh, products other people are using to make their masks and that's kind of universal so that could be applied to a lot of different mediums and stuff like that and then seeing what everybody prices it at um, but like as far as like actually special effects for film I, I think it's a totally different story I don't know if people understand that Because today I'm in mask fest and I probably have the least masks but I think I might have the most actual special effects work in here <laughs> so um it's interesting. You know, the, the last Horror Hound, I was here promoting a film, and I had a lot of directors, I had a lot of producers coming up to me, um, and I was making a lot of good connections because I was there for film. As I, now I'm here for Mass Fest, but I'm not making the film connections, but people are liking the art. You know, so it's like, do I, well, I, I don't know which side I like better. You know, it's like, do I want to make the film connections in the other room? Or I'm stuck in here in the detention corner. But, yeah, you, know, <laughs> you know, I broke even. <laughs> We're having fun. We're getting recognized. I get to be with the face-off people over here. And we haven't seen each other in about a year. So that's delightful to see, you know, what they're up to and, and how their booths are going and, and the stuff they're showing and how they're putting it out. And. Is there somebody else here? I um, Anthony Kozar is here. And um, David Greathouse is here with uh, Becky Ingram. So, yeah, they're, they're on the other side.
0: <laughs> but, no, um, it just kind of in closing, can you talk about uh, any of the other parts? We already talked about uh, the Profane exhibit. Um, can you talk about uh, any of the, the other films or anything else that you're working on?
3: Um, well, I, I did a lot of work with TOTEG Pictures um, out of Pittsburgh. Um, that's how I got my start into film. Uh, we worked on a film with uh, Camille Keaton starring from... Uh, I spit on your grave. The original I spit on your grave. Um, she starred in it, and that was like the first film I worked on with them. Um, moved on to some exploitation film, and then um, Tom Savini called us to do, um, or one of Tom's friends called us to do, uh, theater bazaar. Um, we did Tom Savini's segment of that, and um, decent names on that, and that that's I've been trying to hold that standard since doing that film, like, once you get the taste of being in Fangoria, you really don't want to do a student project anymore. So, um, so there's some really good names on that, it was just a wonderful film that I, I've just wanted to keep up that standard. So um, some of the directors and um, editors and such that worked on Theater Bazaar are working on Profane Exhibit now, which, you know, it's going to be more of a tighter family, um, and then my name in that group is expanding a little bit, so um, I just had another director call me. I'm not going to drop names yet, um, but it's somebody I really respect that I, hopefully I'm going to work with in um, next month. Um, but, you know, you have to pay to play, but you get a certain person wants to work with you. It's very hard to say no. <laughs> So. Gosh,
0: um, just kind of in closing, I mean, obviously you're talking about a lot of different horror films and we're yes. at a horror convention. I yeah, do
3: lots of horror, I do horror films, um, <laughs> basically. I mean, I like to make art, dark art, art sculpture. Um, personally, I do fashion shows, runway shows where I'll have my beauty work. I do a lot of um, exotic, high fashion beauty work, but I design costuming Um, hair pieces wig pieces stuff like that and jewelry for my model shoots and runway walks and then as well I'm making art pieces hopefully for some gallery shows that are a little bit more gory less masky more something you might want in a dark art exhibit Um, trying to do something unique you know people haven't seen that draw a little bit of attention but mostly like that's what I'm going to do on the side and then just I'm going to stick to film You know, I was never one for haunted houses or dressing up too much. You know, I'm silly enough. And um, the film industry's been wonderful. Horrorhound has been wonderful receiving. I felt more love at the Horror Hound conventions than probably anywhere. Um, As far as being well-received, people know what I'm doing. Um, People are excited about the films I've worked on and the people I've worked with. And then the connections have been wonderful. So I've been very well received. And then people I grew up with, oddly enough, that were not so much in the industry back in the day, but a lot of my friends have come along. So now it's more like tight family. Like I'll go, the last horror hunt I went to, um, Dave Brocky from Guar was there, and I knew him since I was 14 years old. But now he's famous, and now he's doing Holiston with Joe Lynch and Adam Green and stuff. So it's like... Oh, we're all like VIP now. You know, like back in the day, we were just, you know, peons and all trying to make it. And now it's like, well, now we're making it and we're all have these shiny passes. So,
0: so the planet that Guar is actually from is Planet Pittsburgh?
3: No, they're not from Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> but uh, Odorus Arangus is, uh, I am the bastard love child of a space alien. At least I would like to believe, you know. <laughs> I, I was a child raised by Guar. I would have to admit that, that I'm a child raised by Guar. They helped me a lot. They gave me a lot of good self-esteem growing up and, you know, really supported my work and, you know, kept my head up that, you know, that I could do this stuff. And boys were impressed enough that I even talked to them and did stuff for them that they keep handing me jobs. So I'm internally grateful, you know.
0: I was just going to ask about Pittsburgh, where you're based now. Um, just because, uh, again, we were talking about uh, horror films. What is it about Pittsburgh uh, as a city that kind of lends itself to, to that horror culture? Obviously, Night of the Living Dead and, and, and all of the, um, the Romero films. But, but what, I mean, what is kind of the, the unique culture around Pittsburgh that says, okay, we, we know we can make horror movies. We can scare people. Because it's a beautiful city. Like I feel like it's almost a disservice to tourism. Like, hey, Pittsburgh, it's beautiful. But, but by the way, there are zombies here.
3: You got to keep out the unwanted. You know, <laughs> we don't need no southern draw. <laughs> but um, you know, I think it has a lot to do with you know you had John Russo writing um, Living Dead and stuff back back in the day. So like all the writers and Ramirez and stuff like all of and all the old Italians killing people. You know. <laughs> Savini started out. He's from Pittsburgh, you know, and he is a killing legend, you know. So he actually started the program at the Art Institute where I studied. Um, he helped start that program and uh, before Savini's school opened. Um, so there's a lot of base with that, but like everybody where zombies were invented, as far as not voodoo culture, okay, <laughs> But as far as zombies on film, as far as walking dead type zombies, uh, it was created in Pittsburgh. That's where it happened. That's where they rose. That's, you know, it, it's it's synonymous it's in Pittsburgh for, you know, zombies to be walking, you know. I mean, I remember when I was a little girl, my mom worried that zombies were going to come, you know, from watching the films and being too close to the cemeteries where they filmed this stuff, you know. So, <laughs> It's it, it just always in our culture, the mall where I shopped since I was a kid. That's where Night of the Living Dead was filmed, you know, So, or a Return of the Living Dead.
0: <laughs> we, we may or may not have taken a three-hour detour on our trip home from New York to, to go walk through the mall, but that's, that's another story. Ah, uh, and we are back. I'm now going to read you a list of 50 more Twitter followers. That's that's a lie. My uh, my uh, unfortunately, producer... Unfortunately, it's a lie. My producer-slash-friend-slash-dictator, uh, David, is is laughing and, and nodding his head. But we have... When did I become a dictator? When did you become a dictator? You became a dictator when you decided to only have one microphone and tell me what to do for this episode. <laughs> so this episode, you're the dictator. Normally, you're simply the producer slash co-host slash co founder Oh, my crap. I was joking, but... But there are more people who followed us, so he's like, yeah, go ahead and, go ahead and do that. The so gray matter splat. Matali Perkins who was a lovely author who was our last week's episode, Ethan Johnson, good friend and good friend of the show. Uh, I will say nothing bad about it other than the fact that your Twitter got hacked and you sent us a virus. So you're 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 not as as normally uh, as nice things as I would normally say. Don't get your Twitter hacked. <laughs> Don't get our Twitter hacked. Very importantly, rhymes with geek another podcast. So we are very very happy to have many podcasters uh, out there fellow podcasters who are listeners and Twitter followers. So again, thank you for that and please please Please, 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 please interact with us via the Twitter, via the Facebook, via the rest of the interwebs. Um, I believe in one episode, uh, David even solicited an internet stalker, said he would be open to it as long as it boosted our ratings. So so thank you for taking one for the team, David. Um, but beyond that, uh, we do have our third and final interview. Um, this is uh, with House, the eponymous House. He's, I think, the only face-off contestant who goes by one name. So I am here with House of Creature Corps, and uh, we are here at Four Hound 2013, and I just want to throw it uh, straight to you to, just to talk about the, the films that, that you're here to, to promote this weekend.
2: Hello. Yeah, well, let's see. What's new is we have uh, Jug Face, which is on demand right now, and uh, I think it comes out on DVD in October, so you can get posters and buttons and other swag for Jug Face. I did some makeup on it. I played the creature in the film as well. Um, my partner, Becky Ingram, supervised all the makeup, Robert Kurtzman's King the Special Effects um, other films that are out uh, we have All Cheerleaders Die which is playing at Toronto Film Festival this weekend. It's going to be a couple months before you catch that one but it's going to be really special I guarantee it. And I'm here hawking my Legion of Terror documentary as well. So what it what is the the Legion of uh, of Terror?
0: What are what are you documenting in your documentary?
2: Well, doc the documentary on Legion of Terror is uh is a haunted house organization that I, I I've been a member of since 1985 and it's kind of where I cut my teeth as a makeup artist, as an actor and what they promote is creativity of your own individual characters. There's no set roles, Uh, everyone has to do makeup, create their own costuming and that's where I really learned um, my my early stages of makeup and acting and I moved to Los Angeles and I, I was trying to make another movie. And I wound up coming back in the mid-90s to visit uh, the haunted house where Legion of Terror was located. And I was really blown away by the new talent that was coming in. So I picked up a 16 millimeter camera and started documenting, interviewing the people, capturing what goes on behind the scenes. And sort of the rise and the fall of of a haunted house organization ultimately is what the film's about. But that's my documentary that I'm selling here this weekend.
0: So how um, how much did did that whole role I mean prepare you for for something like oh I should introduce the fact that they've seen you on the TV machine before because you were in uh, you were in a season of a of Face Off so how how much did um, the kind of the the quick nature I imagine because you have so many people that that are a part of a Haunted House that if you're doing the makeup there's there's um, you definitely have some some time constraints there how much did that prepare you for uh, going on the show or having kind of. That set up as a challenge where it might not necessarily be that way on on a, on a film set.
2: Yeah, it's very very similar in many ways, um, with the exception of um, being on the television show. You have the, the same time restraints of, of you know you, whatever. If you're on a movie set, you have to pro- you have to provide that actor at a certain time. Mm-hmm. You have to be ready, or else you know your, your assistant director is going to have your head on a. On a- Whole. same thing with haunted houses you're open at a certain time your your cast of 30 40 50 have to be made up so it's a real like you know front line is, front lines uh, just knock them out you know and obviously that helped with me being on face off I had years of practice of being fast at getting everything done the, the, the weakness that I have with that same element is sometimes uh, when you rush things the quality is not as good so Real situations, real Hollywood makeup artists, I mean, they, they make sure that their time is allotted to, to get the right thing. I'm more from a lower-budget standpoint, you know, and I, I'm, I'm more about the form over detail, you know. So, we don't need to see it, we don't need to see it. But actually, all my years of haunted houses and low-budget films helped tremendously on Face Off, absolutely.
0: Can, can you tell us more about uh, Jug Face and uh, the monster that you play? Well,
2: the monster is very subliminal. Uh, we gave him a lot of monster, but it winds up, very, uh, let's say, uh, more towards the imagination in the film. But uh, without giving too much away, it's a very unique, I would say, uh, like a Southern Gothic style film. Um, there's really not much out there to compare it to. It's about a, uh, we have Sean Young from Blade Runners in it, Larry Fessenden is in the film, um, Sean Bridgers from the woman. So great acting, great cast, great direction. Uh, It's a a very unique film. You have these people that are living in the backwoods of Tennessee and they worship an ancient deity, almost a Cthulhu-style creature. And when the jug face, when a a sculptor sculpts a, a face on a jug, like a moonshine jug, and whoever that face is sculpted on is the person that he must sacrifice to the pit. So... You know, you know, whoever whose number comes up on the jug, that's the jug face. They got to be sacrificed to the pit, as the tagline says. The pit wants what the pig wants. So then that's where the monster comes into play. And uh, but it's it's a really it's it's a really classy, uh, like a family drama. These people like behind the back in the woods and um, away from society and. Um, and not done in what would you think would be the stereotypical crazy hillbilly way that most uh, Backwoods-style films are portrayed. But it's really one of the more unique films that I've worked on, so I'm here to promote it and help, help get the word out, you know?
0: See, I, I was told that the way that you worship a deity in, in, uh, in Backwoods,
2: Tennessee, is just with bluegrass. I was lied to. Bluegrass, yeah, bluegrass is—there's uh, a little bit of that in the film, too. There's, there's some music playing and some uh, floor stomping and um, yeah it's a pretty crazy film i can't wait for it uh, it's on demand right now as i said and it'll be on dvd in october all right well thank you so much for your time
0: all right that concludes our first of what we hope to be uh, many special episodes. But really, every episode is special because we have listeners like you. And that's when I want the reading rainbow thing to pop up, but I can't because we're, we're not a visual medium. But uh, anyway, we thank you guys for, for uh, sticking it through and listening to our, our special with the uh, three face off contestants here. Um, let us know what your favorite monster is or what your favorite uh, makeup or visual effect has been in a, in a recent horror movie. Um, why don't you go ahead and tweet us that? Again, at Kind of Epic Show. Um, I am on twitter as well at gabriel canada g-a-b-r-i-a-l and uh david west is david west k-o-e-s underscore. underscore k-o-e-s the underscore is important um you can also find us of course on facebook and uh on podomatic presumably which is where you're listening to us unless you're listening to us on stitcher tune in uh the windows phone store or itunes because we're kind of everywhere that podcast should be so again we're grateful for uh and in person, sometimes you can listen to us in person. Like uh, I don't know why my bank teller is always just like, "Hey, please, please leave." Other people need to use the services of, of my company. So yeah, I was like, "Hey, this is free." Like I mean, you're getting you're getting the best kind of epic content like in person like we did at our live show this Saturday. Yay! Uh, But anyway, uh, again, we are very grateful. I hope I've made that clear. I did want to again say thanks to the Nerdotomy and Nerds on Film guys and Nerds on History guys because they've been really cool in terms of the shout-outs. I think we take up a large portion of their episode this week. Um, Hey, dude, you
2: know,
1: we could have live shows near them if they were to donate money.
0: You know, we could have live shows near these folks if they were to donate us money. We need a donate button, though. I think they should just donate to us uh, via the U.S. mail.
1: That would, that, work. that
0: would work as well. Yeah. Or maybe that bank teller that I keep annoying should just donate money to me to let me leave. I think it's a good strategy. Yeah. Ah, it, it could work. Uh... But we're going to wrap up the episode and we're going to hope you guys have a stellar week. It'll be a little bit under a week until you hear the next kind of epic show.